Hi. Welcome to 100 Days a Year Podcast. Our podcast, well, because you need another podcast. This is Jeremy Rabondo, sitting next to my best friend in the whole wide universe, as I always say, Becky Fouché. Today's episode is number seven, entitled Sugar-Free Vanilla. So our podcast, if some of you are new, which I always hope, is again about Becky and my conversations that we've had for the last six years. And we're kind of revisiting them in this format just because we love to talk about the same things over and over and over again. And I'm sure some of you out there uh, with your best friends uh, do the same thing. There's just so many topics that you just want to revisit because you feel like when you revisit them, you just learn so much. So Becky and I talk about um, relationships, how we feel about relationships, the tools we use to analyze those relationships, uh, the things that we uh, look forward to in relationships, and um, we just want to make them better. And I hope that that some of you can relate, and um, hopefully we can all learn together. And um, it's very, very exciting. So looking forward to uh, spending this time with you. So something really exciting happened this week. Um, our friend Kelly who was this wonderful designer and creative, uh, also the owner of the Philo Studios. It's a custom embroidery uh, shop in Ohio. Um, sent us these really cool embroidered T-shirts and a tote bag um, with our podcast logo on it. It's just really, really exciting and really, really fun. So I just wanted to, you know, thank her for being so supportive and for just, um, you know, sending us these really interesting and extremely well-made products. So we're giving her a shout out. You definitely need to go over and see what she's doing. Um, check out her Instagram, the Philo Studios, T H E F I L O S T U D I O S on Instagram. And uh, Kelly, thanks so much for being a supporter of Hundred Days. Principles of Relationship Interpretation, Part 7. Connecting with our memories can be a great tool for understanding our current relationships until interacting with those memories affects our expectations. Why do we choose to remember? Why do we spend time finding a way to connect with these past memories? Why do those of us with sensitive temperaments choose to remember spending large amounts of time poring over those past memories? What is it about the act of remembering that makes us feel most like ourselves? Do we remember for the happiness of cherished and valued memories? Or do we remember to re-experience loss in a new way, attempting to find answers to questions we were not ready to ask at the time? Are some of these questions helpful? Are we connecting with our past in an effort to change the outcomes of impetuously or hastily made decisions? Maybe we are hoping that by remembering, we may actually discover a new outcome that was never meant to be, that never could be, or that we decided that the time was impossible. Remembering can be one of the most useful ways to experience happiness, find solace in a new and more mature approach to critical and constructive self-analysis while connecting to gratitude for all the wonderful ways we were once loved the ways we were once cared for, or the ways we once experienced those with whom we have lost a present connection. Some of us have terrible, abusive, sad, or tragic memories that we would like to never remember again. And those memories find a way to always come to the surface. They feel like destructive, overwhelming forces that we will never get past, that we will never get around. And this is what makes remembering the hardest thing of all. Some of the questions created in remembering are unanswerable why questions. Questions that will plague us and drive us towards sorrow until we just choose to stop. We often remember to experience sorrow. And this is probably the thing that we are drawn to most because we are driven naturally to feel deeply and intensely. Yet we persist to find solutions in both the happiest and most horrible of memories. Sometimes certain memories are like small psychological artifacts or remnants of our past life that we are constantly picking up and putting away as if shaken loose by the many earthquakes of our present experiences. We feel compelled to properly categorize them, but is this the point of remembering or do we remember to merely improve? 
we should embrace the past as part of who we are, no matter what changes we have made, because in those memories we find ourselves, not as we once were, but in the almost finished products of our better, more present and purposeful minds. I don't know that we've ever really had like a full discussion on remembering, but I know that it permeates a lot of our conversations. It's, it's, you know, we talk about a current relationship, Becky, and then we remember a past relationship. Mm -hmm. We talk about a current friendship or a current partnership and we remember versions of those in the past. And when I say versions, I mean, you know, different people, but are a similar approach to constructing the relationship or maybe a dissimilar approach to constructing the relationship. And, and I often think about nostalgizing and remembering like it can be so incredibly useful, but it can also be so incredibly, I think, destructive because it interferes with our expectations on our current relationships. And so I think we should talk about like the good things about remembering, maybe the the pitfalls of remembering for you and me, you know, because again, we are, we are not like educated sociologists and psychologists. We, we are, we're, we're talking about our own experiences and, you know, of course we hope that others, you know, can um, maybe become introspective, uh, in their approaches to relationships mm-hmm. by listening to ours. But I, I just, you know, I always want to make sure people know that, you know, we're just normal everyday kinds of people. Right. Um, but I, I want to talk about like all the facets of remembering, because I think it's so, so important. And part of remembering, I think, you know, I think we need to talk about what I, I really haven't experienced that much of and that is memories that are so painful and so horrible. Yeah. I mean, beyond, beyond what you and I have experienced. Right. Um, because, you know, we know people who have had very traumatic things happen. Right. And I, I think um, there are, you know, people, you know, for whom remembering is one of the most painful things they could do. And so they don't. Or, or they try not to. Or they try not to at all. And I think, I would imagine, because I don't know, but I would imagine that in the act of trying not to remember some of those horrible, painful memories, they can't remember the good ones. Yeah. And, that's and, such a shame. And that is, that is such a shame. So I think we should talk about that too. So maybe I'm going to put you on the spot and just say, you know, what do you think are some things that are good about remembering? Well, I think it's important to remember the good parts about a memory or a past experience because, um, you know, it gives you the fuel that you need to, um, to press on. It gives you, uh, you know, these little, these little, um, artifacts as, as you like to say, these little artifacts of achievement from our past that we can look back on and, um, and, and analyze and say, what are, what are the good things that I did during that time? What are some, what are some principles that I can glean and apply to my current situation. So I guess in that way, re- remembering, remembering a good event can um, definitely serve as kind of this, um, this catalog or this encyclopedia of information that we can, of course, use mm-hmm. in our lives. I think you're right. I mean, like, let's just, like we like to do, let's put it in a scenario. We let's say, that. let's say that you had a really good interaction with a colleague right. and, and, and it could have been a year ago or two years ago, and you just handled it extremely well. And and you may be even thinking back going, you know, I'm kind of impressed because that was unusual for me. Like usually in those situations, I'm not terribly confident. Or usually in situations like, you know, that I had with my colleague, I'm not terribly insightful. Mm. And it was in that moment where you maybe spoke your mind mm. and asserted yourself and everything went really, really well. So the act of remembering in those kinds of circumstances is probably extremely helpful and also gratifying. And I think because it's helpful, because it's gratifying, it helps us with our confidence. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think just being, becoming confident and honest about those times where we handle a situation well, or where we do the right thing, or we assert ourselves in a, in a, in a loving and charitable way, as opposed to an obnoxious and you know profane <laughs> way, right? Because I think a lot of times, yeah. and this is a, a separate issue we're going to do again, where we talk about, you know, you know, gender roles and asserting yourself. Mm. 
So I just think that, you know, asserting oneself and especially in those moments where it works out really well and you can be confident in that that time you did assert yourself, it, it went extremely well and you did it the right way. So I'm just yeah. saying remembering certain times where you did a good job, you know, is really, oh, really absolutely. important. No, I think so too. I, I think it's important to be able to look back and say, well, I did this difficult thing. I can do another. Right. You know, I did this challenging thing that I didn't think I could do. I can do another. I think it's um, it's a a great a great a great tool for for accomplishing other other goals that you have. You know, sure. I think it's a, it's definitely it's definitely good to to look back over journals or um, over. I have a series of agendas that I've kept over the years, and I've I've looked back on them and seen what I was doing at the present time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really fascinating to look back at an obstacle and, um, and, and see where, you know, what I, what I learned from that obstacle can be applied to a future one. So I think that's definitely a positive part of remembering other, other than of course, just being in our fields all day, which we love to do. Right. <laughs> but, right. I'm, I know this is going to come as a shock to you, Becky, but I'm not a neuroscientist, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I'm almost completely confident that I've heard something once and I'm going to completely screw this up because I don't know medical terminology, but that when, when something really incredibly significant happens, there's like a release of hormones that actually helps our brains remember something. Mm. Um, And I'm sure some of you who are listening probably know a whole heck of a lot more about this than I do. But if I'm not wrong, that that happens, which is why we have memories in the first place because Mm -hmm. most of us remember events that are significant although of course there are stray memories of of nonsense in there or you know complete complete you know banality but i was thinking earlier when we were talking about this topic like what are some things that we remember about like relationship scenarios Mm -hmm. you know whether you remember a time with your great aunt that's super amazing and you know what's funny is i just said that i'm remembering times with my great (laughs) aunt that was amazing um and and i you know what does that do what does that do for us what what is important about that event i think it shows what we value i think the the initial you know the initial memories that come to our mind when we when, when someone's name is mentioned, um, it, it, they, they show us what we really value out of those interactions. And I think it's really telling. I think if you think back on a, a relation, dating relationship that you had and whatever immediate thoughts you have about that person, I think they really tell your, your true uh, beliefs about that person or about the relationship. I think uh, when you remember, uh, you know, a, a a childhood event with your grandparents, you know, what are your initial memories with, with them? You know, what, did you feel warm? Did you feel uh, lost? You know, did you feel known? You know, I think it tells, I think it just tells, uh, I think it tells number one, what, what your impressions were of those memories. And then I think it tells what you value out mm-hmm. of them. Cause you can, of course, and, and, and of course we're not psychologists, but I mean, you can uh, look at one, or, or there can be an existing situation and then you can, you can see uh, multiple perspectives. So I think there's um, multiple ways that you, that you can, that you can look at memories. I just, you know, as I think back upon, you know, some of the memories I had with either my grandparents or a great aunt, you know, I feel like these are kind of, for me, as you, as you talk about them, as, as, as I'm talking about um, them right now, I'm really, I'm kind of prepossessed by my childhood memories mm. and I'm lucky, you know, I'm, and we can talk more about this in just in, in a few minutes, but I'm lucky, but my childhood memories with my family are, are mostly really good. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm sure there are people listening and we know people for whom those memories are really, really troubling. And yeah. that's an understatement. Yeah. Um, but right now I think you know, we can talk about that in a minute, but like, as I think about my childhood memories and the fact that they're so wonderful and so peaceful, you know, I don't know that there's a lot, quote unquote, to learn from them, except to say, you know, that that was a, it's wonderful to, to think back to those memories and, and to cherish those people who are no longer here. You know? I think it's definitely important to make a distinction between learning something versus having a memory as 
part of the collection of of you. So yeah, I think that's a great distinction. I don't th- yeah, I don't think you have to necessarily learn something from every memory so much as you um you realize what you value and then you you add it to mm. the collection of your life, which is for sure. Of course, just beautiful. Yeah. And as I move forward in my mind, like of memories I had, you know, post adolescence, then the encounters become a little bit more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And then I'm tempted to look at them and be self-critical. Maybe I didn't handle something mm. well, or I got hurt by my high school friend, or yeah. I said something. It's usually, I, you know, I have these memories of saying <laughs> just awful, dreadful things to mm. people. You know, not like, you know, I was always sensitive, but like, I, I feel like at certain times where, you know, I got pushed too far or teased too much or whatever and I just yeah. I said something hurtful and I tend to remember so many of those things I think it is because I'm sensitive so as I as you know you and I think about memories that have, like I said pa- you know post-adolescence maybe that mm-hmm. where we started to interact with people and started to capture the memories of our relationships and and, and how we relate relationally mm-hmm. to to you know maybe our peers or older adults you know you know what is it that we're trying to do in that <laughs> act in that in that moment where where we we are remembering you know what we said or what we did or gosh how we felt which probably permeates the most of our memories mm. you know like what what then after that you know why do we I do th- that i think sometimes we're trying to atone for the outcome of those memories um i think we're <laughs> searching for an alternate outcome um yeah. If we don't feel settled in the existing one, mm-hmm. uh, which of course is impossible, right? But um, I think it's a a, a coping or a, a self soothing mechanism that we can use to, you know, if we we often think, oh, if I had only done this, this this outcome would have been different. It would have been right. better. I would have been stronger. I would have been mm. safer. And it's kind of a myth, possibly. Oh yeah, but I think definitely a myth because you you, you truly know. can't change mm-hmm. it, and there's no way right. There's no way to know. It's unknowable. Um, and like you said to me the other day, um, question you know, asking a question or or seeing a question always demands an answer, and so there there really is no there really is no answer. So it's really not worth not worth questioning. But um, but yeah, I think we do that as a way to make ourselves feel good. If the memory was unsettling. And and I feel like what we're talking about is like this basic human emotion that I think regardless of temperament, so many of us understand the same way. And that is regret. Yeah, gosh. You know, we're talking about regret. Like whether I said something to a friend when I was 11 or 12. Yeah. Or whether I interacted poorly with a girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know, when I was a teenager. or Or whether I said something, you know disrespectful to my mother yeah. whom I love dearly and it's just first of all and we're not dealing with this per se but like just the st- things that we remember are sometimes strange yeah you know what I mean yeah. like there's so many times where I'm fighting to remember oh, like I had that solo in my senior Christmas concert like why can't I remember that yeah you know but no the, we don't have those memories but we were have a memory of like being in eighth grade and putting on gym socks you know I don't know why that, <laughs> that happens but but no, I think I think regret is powerful, mm-hmm. and I think, I, you know, when we were discussing what we were going to say in the opening today, I think regret really captured the beginning, you know, of that, mm-hmm. and I think regret has a way of messing with our expectations of current relationships. Yeah, <laughs> gosh, isn't that weird? Yeah. It's it's really the past intruding on the present, and like it, and. You know, if something happened with you and a friend and you did something poorly and it hurt the relationship, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do that again. Mm-hmm. And you can learn from it. Mm-hmm. And that regret that you feel in the past, you don't have to revisit that upon yourself as judgment in the present. Do you think it's possible to get consumed with um, not making that same mistake? I mean, do you think it ever gets compulsive? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially as you start entering relationships the same way and interacting with them the same way and realizing, well, let's see, I've done this thing for, you know, three other times <laughs> in the past five years or five months or 
five weeks and it always goes bad and I seek my own comfort and I seek my own you know security and Mm. then the relationship blows up you know I'm not thinking anything specific but I'm just saying maybe we would learn Mm. you know maybe we would learn to alter our path Mm -hmm. so I think memories can serve as 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 a function of being a good teacher yeah definitely Definitely. But what about when we, what about when we're consumed with regret and we become compulsive in an attempt to not make this, the same mistakes again? I mean, do you think, I mean, do you think it's possible to, um, be in, in some kind of relationship and tell ourselves, I'm not going to make the same mistake again. I'm not going to make this mistake again. I'm not going to make this, this mistake again. Mm-hmm. And you can, you become pre prepossessed with this um, negative idea, which although has a positive intent, um, do you think that adds unnecessary stress to the existing relationship that has not experienced that kind of problem? Oh, that makes complete sense to me. Yeah. You know, because you don't want to make a mistake in a current relationship by allowing your past experiences with another relationship to intrude on your current relationship. And you're right. You can become compulsive. And I've noticed that before. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that before myself. So what do we do in those those cases? I think it's important to look back on the memories and kind of chart your own progress and figure out what you did right and what you need to discard. Yeah, it probably is just that simple. Probably. I just, every moment for us in relationships and the development and construction of new relationships feels so dramatic, (laughs) you know, and we've dealt with that on episode one, two, three, four, five, (laughs) the point is, is that those, it's always just really, really difficult for us because everything means so much. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why for us specifically, our temperament, and I'm not saying memories don't matter to others. I'm just saying it just matters so much to us and we just dwell on them and one of the things we hinted at earlier is just like remembering something in, in the sheer desperation sometimes of seeing if there was an alternate outcome we didn't take. Mm. You know, if they're almost, we almost remember to, you know, and go through the memory linearly, right? From beginning to end or beginning to what we feel is the mistake or the, the, the huge event that was a huge detriment. And we like almost hope that in the act of remembering it, <laughs> the result will change. <laughs> Right? They're like, they're, like there's some redemptive element. Like we'll be able yeah. to expiate and atone for something, you know? So, gosh, it's just, it's it's amazing that we do this. It's kind of sad when you, when you frame it that way. I mean, that's, it's just a waste of energy. It's truly, it's truly a waste of energy to rewrite something um, in the past. Unless, unless, of course, I'm not speaking to any kind of, coping mechanism but i mean to say oh my gosh i wish this had turned out differently and to think of a hundred different outcomes i mean what is the point right what is the point point. you could be using that energy towards exercising really good things or just being a decent person (laughs) yeah or just going going out and loving someone for sure right you know i just think i just think memories um can just be really great tools but i also feel like they can really shift and create these expectations in others. So we, we've dealt with this before in previous episodes, but like when we remember past relationships and then allow, you know, whatever framework we were using or whatever scenario we're remembering to kind of project an expectation on a current relationship, you know, and it's not like what thing we were saying before where we are, you know, don't want, we don't want, ourselves to make you know a mistake that we made in a Mm -hmm. similar way before but it's like we start projecting upon the other like a set of expectations based upon the memory we had in the past oh that's a great point of of course a positive expectation or i'm sorry a positive memory that we draw an expectation from so yeah so i had this experience and um, if I don't have this type of experience with this person, then they don't love me and the relationship is not how I see it and they're incapable of loving me. And, oh gosh, yeah, that's just a horrible thing to do to another person. And how many times do we think that and then we fail to actually communicate 
that expectation to the other person. Mm -hmm. So not only are we expecting something, but we're expecting something without their knowledge. So we're essentially punishing them in the process. But isn't it almost worse? Because it's not like we're just having an expectation based upon, you know, what we said in the previous episode of something we're just creating as part of a narrative with them in it, in our minds. Mm -hmm. But this is actually based upon something that we've had with an actual person Mm -hmm. as a real event in the past. Mm -hmm. And we are using that as an expectation upon that individual in the the present. Um, Yeah. I think it's even worse. I think what we do then is color the memory in the Mm -hmm. past while we are completely um, destroying the current relationship in the present. Yeah. Well, I know I'm going to speak candidly, but, our, the way that we, the way that you and I interact, um, is so wonderful and so. I I feel so understood and so known and so listened to, and sometimes when I talk to other people, they don't, they don't treat me that way. I'm it, it really turns my head, and I'm totally spoiled because. You're completely you are, spoiled. You are the best, you are the best friend ever. But <laughs> I'm I, just kidding. <laughs> but I, I do. I really, truly do find myself. My head will turn, and I'm like, did that person really just brush over my feeling like that? Like, it's mm-hmm. really, it's it's really, really amazing. You know, I'm. This is a separate issue, and I certainly didn't come up with this thought by myself. But like, you know, a lot of people when they're talking to others, they aren't really listening. They're just waiting for their turn to, to speak. And, yeah. and, um, like I said, that's kind of not germane to this topic, but at the same time, it just enters in all of our relationships, you know, the you know, that we just need to be better listeners or listeners first, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what about the memories, you know, what about the memories that are really awful and that plague us, you know, and again, I, I'm going to just concede that I know people who have had memories yeah. that I have not even come close to having as far as them being tragic mm-hmm. and horrible and negative. You know, do we all have pain? Of course. But are there some people's, some people who have, you know, borne a measure of pain that I cannot relate to because, you know, due to, to, due to its severity? And, of co- and that's true. And I'm just like, I'm, I feel blessed and lucky. But I yeah. still think, you know, I, I, there are memories that I have mm-hmm. that don't leave and they judge me oh my gosh yeah yeah and they could really be as and i hate to 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 give this these kind of things i hate to give pain degree because as we always say pain is pain mm-hmm. but they can be as as small as an embarrassing moment in high school to something you really said to someone you love that was really hurtful mm-hmm. that you it definitely meant in the moment you know, right. pain is pain. And it's, it's, I find myself thinking back to just embarrassing moments that don't even matter anymore, that have nothing to do with anything anymore, but they're still regretful. And, um, I, th- I, I think, I think if you can judge the severity of, of the, of the negative or the regretful memory, then I think it's, I think it's easier to kind of tell yourself, this is not important anymore. Mm-hmm. This simply doesn't matter anymore. And, but for the harder memories that, you know, are of course more difficult to deal with. I mean, how do you, how do you, because sometimes, look, I'm not trying to interrupt, but I totally am, but sometimes it's more than just memory serving as teacher or memory Mm. serving as the judger of you. Mm. Sometimes it's something you had nothing to do with Mm. and it just happened to you and it was God awful and you feel Mm. terrible and sad and miserable right. or, or a bunch of other emotions that I even have have not experienced fully like others have. Like, you know, I kind of feel like we shouldn't even be having this conversation because, like I said, there are some things that I cannot identify with, some kinds of pain that mm-hmm. are so severe that I can't identify with. But all I can speak of it, we can speak of it in a general way. And like, you know, what do you do with things beyond your control that are part of your past Mm. that just happened to you that are painful and awful? Because like I said, it's no longer memory serving as teacher or memory serving as the judger of your present action. Mm -hmm. You know, it is like, what Mm -hmm. do you do when you can't stop remembering Mm -hmm. awful things? Right. So you're, you're definitely speaking to the memories that are then a part of the the collection of your mind that, that make you who you are. Exactly. at every point at in your life yeah. or 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 right oh yeah 
yeah, it's, I think it definitely takes, takes time and, 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 um, a, a lot of intentional thought to guide those memories into their proper place, which is, um, I think one of acceptance and one of, um, of course belonging because as I think as awful as those things are, I think they really are a part of you. Mm-hmm. I think they're part of the, um, yeah, the, the, the makeup of your, of your psyche and of your mind and of your, of, of your dreams that follow and of your, mm-hmm. not just your dreams, but, but your, um, um, your belief systems. I think, I think all of those things play into, um, the person that you, um, that you, that you become after the fact. And, um, I mean, you yeah. can't, you can't negate it. Like no. I can, ima- like I have some memories that I'd like to not remember but I know mm. they're a part of who I am right. and I can spend all the energy I want saying I don't want to remember this I think this is awful or I can say look this made me who I am you know? so so let's like can we talk about that a little bit because I I love that phrase it, it made me who I am however I feel that it's it unless you really really dive into it 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 just sounds so broad so can you narrow that down I mean what what I know what you like I I, I know what you mean but I want to talk right. about it so how do you, what do you, what do you mean by this, like these series of events made me who I am? Well, you know, we are who we become and those things which happen to us, you know, become the ingredients by which we become who we are. Mm-mm. And part of that is based upon what we draw from in those moments. Mm. And even if those experiences, and I'll just you know, speak of it one way, even if those experiences create, you know, horrible, vile reactions in us, there are still part of the thing that has made us us. So if, if something horrible happened, let's just say something tragic happened, we can spend all that time. We can spend a bunch of time wishing it never happened Mm -hmm. and saying it was awful. And, or we can, we can say, look, this made me tougher or this made me more understanding, or this made me bitter, hurt, and resentful for a long period of time, but now I'm moving past it. So it shows that I mm. am, I can, I have progress. I can, I, I can progress as an individual. I mean, or sometimes it's this horrible thing happened to me and I can't move past it and I don't know what to do. So that causes you to ask for help mm. and that creates closeness as you share space with others who can help you relate to them. So I think that's what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. that you know, and again, I'm not the first one to say it, but I think we are the product of our experiences for yeah. sure. Oh, definitely. Um, whether good or bad, I think the, the the risk comes when we try to take all the negative things and put them, and segregate them and compartmentalize them. Mm. I mean, yeah. Let's let's yes. let, let, yes, let yes, me yes, yes, let yes. me just speak. Let me just speak. You know, about romantic relationships. Say you have an awful situation. You know, high school, college, whatever. And the the immediate thing would be like to never remember it and to never talk about it. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, you know, it's those experiences that taught you how to value another person differently. Yeah. Or what is challenging for you individually and what you need to change in the pre- in the future. So it's just real easy to go, oh gosh, that was a horrible experience, and delete. Well, you can't delete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, right. it serves as a way to measure your progress in the present. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So it, yeah, totally serves as a, as a tool by which to, um, gauge how you, how you understand relationships in your current state for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to talk about what it means to have all those memories contribute to who you are today? Or do you want to go a different direction? No, I was, I was just, I'm just sitting here thinking that I think, um, the, the 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 things that shape and, and make us who we are um i think it's natural to want to kind of get rid of the memories that we don't like but mm-hmm. um i i think we end up reg- i think we end up regretting that kind of resentment because i i think the further you i, I think the further you move away from uh, a bad experience you you and not, this is of course not always the case but I think a lot of times you, the further you move away, you start to see little pockets of goodness or, or mm-hmm. little, little facets of, of, Hey, that was actually really beautiful. And I'm glad I had, I'm glad I experienced this little thing or 
I'm glad I got to see that part of the other person, even if for a moment. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking like, it's, it's important to, to hold on to, um, to hold on to, to things that happened in the past because, um, kind of serves as like a photo gallery for your mind in years to come. Yeah. And this is a fascinating topic. Do you want to just, you know, maybe we could just take a few more minutes and talk about one other topic and then we can just leave it there. But like, do you want to talk about why we are just obsessed with memory and maybe why like the act of remembering makes us feel most like ourselves, Mm. people like us? (laughs) Well, I think it's because everything in our past is a version of everything that we are now. Um, I don't know if it's possible to fully jettison uh a piece of 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 us i don't think it's i don't i don't know if it's possible to fully get rid of part of our our makeup Mm -hmm. you know and i think when we remember these past memories we we feel we, we we like to connect with the thing that we were or that or, or was a lesser version of who we are now mm-hmm. because that's, because it's part of us. It's growth too. It's it measuring, growth. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like measuring where we've come from and you know, what we are now. And I know you and I have been saying a version of this for the last 20 minutes, but it, it, it just, I don't know. There's something so affirming by, by being able to chart our course through our memories <laughs> You know, like I, I used to not be able to do this. Now I can do this. And then I still was challenged by it, but now I'm doing better again. You just had a huge thought. Say. I, it's exactly the same thought that you have. Um, <laughs> of course it is, right? Of course it is, right? This is yeah. us. But, but I was just going to say, like, it's, it gives us a way to chart our progress, but it also affirms all of the wonderful things that we already had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it definitely, you know, it, it serves as this, this agent of, of, um, of here's what you here's what you were already doing so well in in this past experience go you mm, like mm-hmm. you 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 did this so well and then hey you did this other thing not so well but look at your progress now right. i think it kind of serves as both so essentially yeah. the same thought no, you but had, they're just, touchstones you yeah, know and that's what you're getting sure. at they're milestones they're yeah. touchstones they're way of measuring you know yeah. where we were and where we are now even if it's sometimes negative mm-hmm. you know i i don't know but like I feel like people with our sensitive temperaments, we just spend a lot of time, as we say, in our feels. And, and consequently, <laughs> yeah. that involves our memories. Mm-hmm. And that means going back to our memories and seeing if we can't make them better, see if we can't redeem yeah. something. You know, you know, and then like sometimes we'll drag up a memory that we've really put away and we'll try and open it as a way to like make amends for something in the mm-hmm. present, which is not always a good plan. And that's, that's like a separate issue. And if, mm-hmm. if people will indulge us, maybe we can talk about that. Cause that just kind of hit me. Cause you me and I too. both yeah. have yeah. done this thing. Yeah. So well, can I just restate yes. it? And yes, then yes, you, yes. then you go yes. on. So it's like, we had a relationship with someone in the past. doesn't matter what construct or what kind of formation it was. And then we wronged them or it, they wronged us or the relationship just didn't work out the way we would have hoped. Mm-hmm. And then we feel as though we were responsible or partially responsible for the relationship's detriment. Um, and then it lies dormant for a while under layers of analysis mm. that take time. And then we decide, you know what? I'm going to pull this past into the present and I'm going to try and contact this person. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm going to try and send them a note and let them know I'm sorry or whatever else. And like, I just <laughs> haven't met with a great degree of success if I've done when I've done this. Yeah. Well, you, you say to me often, Becky, you just want it to mean something. You're searching for meaning with that person in your past. Mm -hmm. And that's why you are not settled with it because you just want, you want whatever that interaction was, you want it to mean something. And so that's why you, you ruminate and you go, you go back to the shed and you dig it out again. And 
Sometimes it's not a match. Sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. But for whatever reason, we've spent time, we've invested, and we're like, why didn't it work? We're mad because we're good at relationships, and why didn't this work? <laughs> and it should have worked, and maybe it was something I did. And even though that relationship has been dormant for two years, I'm going to bring it back, and I'm going <laughs> to intrude on this person's life because, of course, my appearance back in their life wouldn't be deemed as selfish, right? <laughs> even though that's exactly what it is. Right. And it's like, hey, remember me? By the way, I think I screwed up. And can we talk? And that person's like, you no, what, 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 yeah. you wacko, what are you doing? Right, right. And then we kind of like get the slap across the face and we go, whoa, why did I feel like I needed to do, even do that? And it is yeah. for what we've talked about. It's we're trying to make it significant. We're trying to redeem it. We're trying, we're wishing that our efforts in the past can somehow mean something in the present. Oh gosh. Yeah. And I think we're, we, we want to fix, we, we love to fix. And, and in addition to everything you just said, we feel like, aha, now, since I've, I've looked at, at this old relationship 500,000 times, now I know what I did wrong. So now I know what to change. Therefore, right. I can go back to this person. They'll accept me again. And right. we can have the relationship that I dreamed of because I know what I did wrong and I'm not going to do it again. Right. Meanwhile, that person's like, uh, I've literally moved on. <laughs> or I just yeah. have completely wiped you out of a desire in the present. Yeah. So what are you doing? But anyway. It's amazing that we think that we have that kind of power, though. But I think it's that hope. Yeah. And and I here I am. I'm going to like put a, a, a candy coating on it. But I think... I think that that shows something really important about people like us. And that is we hate wronging people. Yeah. We love learning from our mistakes. We don't have a lot of trouble admitting when we mess up. And when we're fully convinced that the thing we did was wrong and that we have a pathway to success for a challenge that we've just, you know, failed at over and over again. And now we have some way to mitigate it. We just want to make it better. <laughs> and we want that opportunity, mm -hmm. but sometimes forcing an opportunity to make something better in the present when that relationship happened in the past, well, you know what? It's just damn selfish. Mm -hmm. And we don't have that right anymore. We forfeited it. Right? That's a, that's a big one. Yeah. It is a big one. And I think that kind of reality and dealing with that kind of reality is important. And I think that therein lies the value for that memory. That memory now serves as teacher. And when we go into the present again, that's enough. Remembering what we did, remembering how to fix it, remembering what the challenges are and how we can overcome it. That's got to be enough. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and, and like we said in the last podcast, we have to be responsible for only the things for which you are a steward and you cannot control anything else. Right. And that includes your past. Right. That you don't own it past. anymore. You in don't. a lot of ways, you don't own That's that anymore. That's so true. That oh, that is so true. You only, you said that, mm -hmm. and it's true. But it's so it's you say that to me. All oh, time. cut it out! You're <laughs> smart too. All right. Anyway, so again, uh, I love talking with you. This is I so special. This. And again, if you've held on until like minute probably forty something, um, bless you. But like, <laughs> and you're probably sick of hearing about our extended time in Atlanta and our vacation because this podcast probably isn't going to come out sometime until August. So it's probably seemed like I've been in Atlanta for four years <laughs> and I was in Key West for three months. But, <laughs> but um, this is the last podcast we're going to record for a while in, in your studio. Yeah. And, and I, you know, it's, it's, special. it's super special and super sad all at the same time. Yeah. And um, again, if you've been listening, uh, you know, loss is a regular part of what we deal with, especially in our temperaments and our yeah. sensitive natures. And, we're going to talk about that in the future, but it never gets easy when, you know, when you have to leave, it just never is easy. The more you love, the greater the, the fear of that loss, mm -hmm. which is just unfair. It's, un it's pretty unfair. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is this will be the best memory. And we'll talk more about that in my um, expression of gratitude in a few minutes. Oh, I'm in my feels. So in this next part of our podcast, we do two different things. And if you've been listening, you're aware of what they are. And if you're new to us, we're excited to talk about it. So one is an expression of gratitude. And as we say, you know, so many brilliant people tell us that expressing gratitude really helps us function in a really healthy way because it allows us to project 
our energies outward and articulate what is important and articulate what we're thankful for. And that act needs to happen more than once a year around a turkey. And I know that sounds trite, but I don't mean it to be. So after each podcast, Becky and I express something we're grateful for. And then we'll go on to our next segment after that. So the thing I'm grateful for is, and normally what we do when we, when we talk about our expressions of gratitude is we make them very external and we don't make them about each other. But today my expression of gratitude is, is also about Becky. I'm kind of breaking a rule. So what I'm grateful for is my overwhelmingly, I can't even talk about it. It's, it's the overwhelming peace and satisfaction I get from being close to you. And it makes me extremely grateful that someone can know me and accept me and love me and trust me. And, and, uh, and I think I'm feeling, you know, emotional because I've been hanging out with my bestie for about a month and we just got really lucky and we got a chance to do that this summer. And it's just being grateful uh, to have a friend who, who cares as much as you do is, is super significant and needs to be articulated. And I do, I feel super free that I can admit that. And as easy as it would be to criticize this as some kind of performative expression because it's on a podcast, this is the way that you and I actually talk to each other. And we're super lucky. Um, Because I know some people have a difficult time doing this and spend their lives trying to get to one conversation with someone they love because they haven't been able to. And I'm just grateful that I can. And that doesn't mean I'm better. It just means I'm super grateful. And I feel like more of a whole person. So in this moment where I'm grateful, I'm grateful for the ability to articulate my gratitude to you for all that you do for me. That's so touching. That's very sweet. I'm glad I could. All right. So what are you grateful for? <laughs> what What is it that sparks your expression of gratitude oh, today? Oh, gosh. Well, today I am grateful for um, my capacity to feel. And let me just kind of explain what I mean by that. Um, I'm just grateful for the temperament that you and I both share. We both have this personality that just loves to of course remember and nostalgize and think back to all the wonderful things in our life and um and that just it it points to our value system and and that we just we love love and we love good feelings and we love comfort and warmth and um that I, I basically sound like I'm saying I, I'm grateful for myself and that's that's not what I mean but I I'm grateful for this temperament that you and I both share and and I'm I'm grateful that in a world of possibilities you and I found each other and, and we have this this shared this shared personality and and of course an understanding that follows that um so yeah that's what I'm grateful for today for for being able to feel and for being able to understand and um, to be understood. That's uh, super meaningful yeah. to me. Yeah, and I resonate with it a lot. Oh. And the next part uh, of our podcast, um, Becky and I do an expression of love for each other directly. Like I said, I kind of broke the rules in my <laughs> expression of gratitude because we usually direct those out from beyond, you know, she and I. But... Um, So for a confession of love, uh, I could force her to go first, but she's looking at me horrified. So I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to say what I'm, what I love about her. And one of the things that I love about Becky is that I don't get tired of her. At least I haven't, at least I haven't yet. I mean, got to leave room open to be human, right? (laughs) I'm kidding. No, but like you and I just have a lot of fun and there's something to be said about just being able to have a lot of fun. And I wonder Oh, you know what? I actually already know that. Like, I think on episode two or one or two, you said the same thing about me. So I'm kind of copying you. <laughs> but 
I, I just, I just been thinking a lot lately and today and, you know, that you and I genuinely have fun together and how fantastic that is that we share similar likes about things and that we're just able to like be intense and have these incredibly enriching emotional conversations that are like (laughs) thrilling and at the same time exhausting because they take lots of energy, but that also kind of invigorates us. But then we can just be stupid. And (laughs) if you know us well enough, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. But um, no, just just being able to have fun and share another common trait, another common experience, you know, from being emotional and being, you know, interested in intense conversations to then being and sharing a mind on the mundane and the kind of silly humor and the similar sense of humor that we have. It's just... It's so wonderful. And I just, you know, my confession of love just is that I love that we have fun. The memories of those times that we have fun are so good. So that's so my, good. that's my confession. Oh. Love that. Well, my confession of love to you is that, um, I just feel so understood by you and in a world where I mean few people have few people have people that really love them and um among those that love them even fewer understand them and I have both and I'm really grateful that I have a best friend who really gets me um you are my soulmate. You get me and you understand me. And we were talking today, like how best friend or friend is kind of almost an insult at the time when you're speaking to the level of connection that we have. But um, you, you are my soulmate and you understand me and get me. And that's just all I want out of life. And I have it. And that's why I love you. That's really meaningful. Thank you. I love that so much. And I love you so much. I love you too. So thanks for sharing this time with us. It's super special. And again, um, it's not easy to articulate and to talk to people and to tell them you love them and you care about them, but they need to hear it. So take a risk. It's worth it. If you would like to reach out to us with any questions or comments or suggestions, we would love to hear from you. Or if you just want to say hi, send us an email at 100daysayearpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's 100daysayearpodcast at gmail.com. Not 100, but just 100. Also, if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, our handle is 100daysayearpodcast. Go ahead and give us a follow.